We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go, episode 418 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022, and my friends, we are in the midst of a tidal wave of reaction to the words of the head coach of the Commanders, Rod Rivera, on Monday afternoon. You know, there's something ironic or poetic or something uh, about the words of Rod Rivera becoming such a big deal on Monday afternoon as the man who succeeded Ron as Carolina Panthers head coach, Matt Rule, got fired by the Panthers on Monday morning. Ron's replacement as Panthers head coach uh, didn't do so well, uh, but Ron right now isn't doing so well as Commander's head coach. One in four is their record in this 2022 NFL regular season off the 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. And oh yeah, the Commander's next game is in just a few days at the 2-3 and three Chicago Bears this Thursday night at 8.15. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. You know, the commanders on Monday evening put out an injury report for this game at the Bears. The commanders on Monday conducted a walkthrough, so the injury report was based on estimations of what players would have done had the team conducted an actual practice. It's pointless to do a deep dive on the injury report now, given that the commanders had just played a game on Sunday afternoon. But on the injury report was quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, It was estimated that he would have been a limited participant in a practice on Monday due to a right shoulder issue. Uh, Hmm, that doesn't sound promising. Uh, But this development with Carson ended up not being talked about a whole lot on Monday, thanks to, yes, the words of Rod Rivera. Uh, Coming up on the show, I will go in-depth on a number of key, significant Notable things that Ron said at his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon. You know, Ron was matter of fact in how he said everything that he said. He sounded actually like he may be under the weather, uh, but he said a lot. (laughs) Uh, Next segment, I'll focus on the continued altering of Ron's messaging about the Commander's 2022 season. Uh, As I've talked about on the podcast, we have gone 
from Rod emphasizing this needing to be a step forward season for the Commanders to Rod now reminding us that, hey, this thing isn't going to turn around overnight. Uh, Well, Ron on Monday afternoon gave us some insight into why the messaging has changed. Quote, when the pieces change, sometimes the expectations change. End quote. Let that sink in. When the pieces change, sometimes the expectations change. Uh, I have a lot to say about that. Say it, I shall next segment, and then I'll get into what has become a national story. Uh, So much so that ESPN NFL analyst and, of course, former Washington quarterback Alex Smith sounded off on Ron Rivera on ESPN's Monday Night Countdown on, well, Monday night. Uh, Ron was asked about the difference between the Commanders and the NFC East's other three teams, which are a combined 13-2 and in the 2022 regular season, and Ron simply gave a one-word answer, that one-word answer, quote, quarterback, end quote. Now, Ron did end up clarifying what he meant, and his explanation for what he meant was an illogical mess. Uh, but for the record, Ron did not throw Carson Wentz under the bus, as Alex Smith said, on Monday night. Fair is fair. Uh, there has been a misrepresentation and mischaracterization of what Ron said, especially by the national media. The fake news has been out in full force. Ron did not trash Carson. And if you watched or listened to the presser, uh, Ron actually said some very nice things about Carson, but there was plenty wrong and misleading about what Ron said too. Uh, I will sort through it all. And I'll discuss a number of other things that Ron said on Monday afternoon, including him on the benching of corner William Jackson III in the loss to the Titans, and the potential for running back Antonio Gibson to be used on kickoff returns this Thursday night at the Bears. Uh, Yes, this was quite the press conference from Ron Rivera, from Don Ron, on Monday afternoon. Uh, A couple of things before we get to some feedback. Major Capitals preview on Wednesday's show, episode 419. Uh, The Caps' regular season opener is on Wednesday night at 7, home to the Boston Bruins. Uh, I, on Wednesday's show, will chat with Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletics. So if you're a Caps fan, Be aware of that. And if you are a listener of the other podcast that I do, the Nats Chat Podcast with Nationals Insider Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com, we this Friday night, October 14th, are having a podcast party. Uh, The party is taking place at one of the best sports bars in the Washington, D.C. area, Walters, which is right across the street from Nationals Park. Uh, We're going to hang out have some food and drink, talk sports. Uh, I would love to meet you. So if you are a Nats fan, great. But you know what? If you are an Orioles fan, no problem. If you're only into the Commanders, that's fine too. Uh, Come hang out with us at a great spot, Walters, this Friday night starting at 7. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Dr. Matthew Mintz, one of the great sponsors of the Al Galdi podcast and a big Commanders fan. Hey, if you want to lose weight in a very effective, very safe way, call Dr. Mintz, 855-646-8963, and tell Dr. Mintz that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, writes Dr. Mintz, while Ron Rivera may not be the perfect head coach for the franchise's long-term future. What's causing all this, as uh, Dr. Mintz channels his inner Ric Flair, is pretty clear. Since Dan Snyder has owned the team due to poor personnel choices and horrible injuries, our team 
has been without a franchise quarterback. Rod Rivera made it known that this was a priority, but Russell Wilson wasn't coming, perhaps a blessing, and there wasn't anyone worth trading up for in the draft. So Ron's only choices were Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky and a first-round pick. Well, I believe Ron made the right choice. This still doesn't solve the problem. While Wentz's off-the-field concerns now seem to be non-issues, what we have seen in five games now is exactly what we expected. Carson Wentz is a good quarterback with a strong arm who is limited by some accuracy and decision-making issues. When he has weapons and a strong offensive line, he can be a real threat, but when he doesn't have both of those things, he can be mediocre to a disaster. In other words, even if we start to win a few games, Wentz is not the long-term solution. Having Wentz start 17 games for an 8-9 and nine season, doesn't that sound nice right now, does little to help the franchise. Sam Howell, on the other hand, might be a franchise quarterback. With a 2023 draft deep at quarterback and a likely high pick for our team, at some point soon, it would make a lot of sense to see what we have in Howell. While Wentz might currently be the most talented quarterback on the roster and might give us the best chance at winning, continuing to play Wentz serves no future purpose pretty soon, if not Thursday. I think it is time to start Howell. Dr. Mintz, thank you for the email. So how about that? The doctor is in and the doctor is calling for Sam Howell. The doctor's prescription is for Sam Howell. Well, I'll tell you what, we are rapidly approaching a time in which starting Carson Wentz doesn't make sense anymore. Now, I don't think that we're there just yet, and I don't think that a short week in which you have just three days until your next game is the week in which you make a switch at quarterback, but if slash when Carson Wentz gets benched, the guy who I want to see is Sam Howell for exactly the reason that Dr. Men said. Let's see what we have in Sam. Now, he would have to show a lot in order to dissuade me from thinking that the commanders should go quarterback in what is setting up to be a quarterback-rich 2023 NFL draft, but I would be interested to see, and it would be important to see, what things look like with Sam Howell at quarterback if, in fact, this commander season becomes a lost season, no doubt. Uh, a lost season would mean that Carson Wentz is getting cut after this season. I like Taylor Heineke more than most, but we have a good sense of what he is and isn't as an NFL quarterback. Sam Howell is the unknown. There's also this too, the trade with the Indianapolis Colts for Carson Wentz. Among the items that the commanders gave up to the Colts for Carson is a third round pick in the 2023 draft that can become a second round pick in the 2023 draft. The pick will become a second round pick if Carson plays on at least 70% of the commander's offensive snaps in this 2022 regular season. We're now five games into the 17-game regular season for the commanders. By the end of October, we need to start really considering this pick and whether it's worth allowing the 2023 third rounder to become a 2023 second rounder, because if the answer is no, then that's another reason to bench Carson Wentz and go with Sam Howell. Right now, the answer to whether it's worth allowing the 2023 third rounder to become a 2023 second rounder is a giant hells to the gnaw. Uh, In fact, let's ask my friend Steve Harvey. Steve, right now, is it worth it for the commanders to allow the 2023 third round pick that they owe to the Colts for Carson Wentz to become a 2023 second round pick? Oh, hell no!
Yes, that's exactly uh, what I thought. Email from Luke Archer on the Commanders writes, Luke, it really sucks being a Commanders fan right now. For the past three weeks, the Commanders have lost every game and the other NFC East teams have won all of their games except the Giants in week three. Keep up the great work, Al. Let's hope the Durs don't embarrass themselves against the Lowly Bears on Thursday. Uh, thank you for the email, Luke. Yeah, that's the thing about what's happening with the Commanders this season. It's not just that they're struggling It's that every other team in the NFC East is thriving. Uh, We in the NFC East have the Philadelphia Eagles at 5-0. We have the New York Giants at a stunning 4-1. We have the Dallas Cowboys at an impressive 4-1. It has been a long time since the NFC East was a true beast of a division. Uh, We'll see if the NFC East ultimately proves to be a true beast of a division this season, but right now the NFC East is a beast. You know, this is not 2020 when a seven and nine Washington football team could win the division. And so this season, there is zero notion of, hey, Washington may have this bad record, but with a win here and a win there, the team will be right back in contention. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody's thinking that. And nobody wants to be hearing that. The commanders right now are on the verge of being buried in the division before November. Uh, that is part of what is so depressing about this commander season right now. Now, you never say never. That is true. But, I mean, concoct the scenario under which the commanders win the NFC East this season. Like, I can't even say that with a straight face. Well, as Jackie Childs said on Seinfeld many years ago, your face is my case. And here's another rhyme for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Holson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Holson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Heck, just last month, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government must pay nearly $1.8 million. Uh, This to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Uh, You may have read about this. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. If you have been a regular listener of the Al Galdi podcast for at least a little while, uh, as the godfather of Washington, D.C. sports talk, the great Ken Beatrice, for whom I was his final producer, by the way, uh, used to say, if you are a regular listener, (laughs) uh, you likely know 
that the day after the game press conferences for Commander's head coach Rod Rivera tend to be especially notable. Uh, Ron, during the course of the regular season, generally does four press conferences per week, assuming a game on Sunday. The press conferences are the post-game press conference on Sunday, the day after the game press conference on Monday, and post-practice press conferences on Wednesday and Friday. All of the press conferences are significant, but the day after the game press conferences tend to be particularly significant. And what we had on this most recent Monday certainly continued this theme. The Commanders off their 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon are tied for the worst record in the NFL at 1-4. The Commanders have an NFC worst point differential of minus 38. The Commanders are currently mired in a four-game losing streak. Uh, What is the fourth different regular season losing streak of at least four games over Ron Rivera's 38 regular season games as Washington head coach. It's hard to have four different losing streaks, each of at least four games over a 38-game tenure, but uh, here we are. Uh, I have said this before. I'll say it again right now because we do get new listeners all of the time. I like Ron Rivera. Uh, I am rooting for Ron Rivera as commander's head coach, as a lifelong fan of the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders, I very much want Ron to succeed as commander's head coach. But the truth is that he isn't succeeding as commander's head coach. Not right now. His record over 38 regular season games is just 15 and 23. And of course, he's the head coach in a coach-centric approach. So he's not just in charge of coaching the players, he's in charge of picking the players. Uh, This is year three of the Rivera era for Washington. Rod Rivera for months talked about this season needing to be a step-forward season. Uh, In fact, he first said that last season. Uh, Ron Rivera this past January 3rd, in a day-after-the-game Zoom press conference, by the way, quote, This offseason is going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan. It's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward, end quote. Uh, Ron, during the offseason, reiterated that many times. But Ron lately has been singing a different tune. Uh, We recently have heard Ron talk about the commanders playing younger players. Uh, Ron On Monday afternoon, October 3rd, in a day after the game, Zoom press conference, this one off the commander's 25-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys in week four, said, quote, it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to take time. It's a process, end quote. Now, he's not wrong about that, but again, Ron Rivera for months talked about this season needing to be a step forward season. Then Ron, during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon after the loss to the Titans, quote, this is never going to happen overnight. It's never going to happen overnight. When's it going to happen? I don't know. End quote. And to me, and I'm guessing to many of you, this it's not going to happen overnight thing has been especially frustrating, not just because it seemingly runs contradictory to the step forward season thing, but because we, right in front of our eyes, see first year NFL head coaches thriving right now. The New York Giants under first year head coach Brian Dable are four and one. The Minnesota Vikings under 
first-year head coach, and yes, former Redskins offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell are 4-1. and one. And so with all of that as a backdrop, we, during Ron Rivera's day-after-the-game press conference on Monday afternoon, had the following back-and-forth between Commander's insider Ben Standig of The Athletic and Ron Rivera. You've said now a couple times in the last few days about this isn't going to turn around, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, there's some, I guess, confusion with that in the sense that this is your third year. Most mm-hmm. of the players right. are guys that you've had, quarterback, from on down to your choices. And after the Tampa Bay playoff game back in 2020, you suggested, hey, we're kind of on the way up. And at the moment, it does not look like you guys are on the right. way up. So what what does that mean for you that it's not going to happen overnight when it's in your third year at this point? Um, it means we got to continue to work at it. You know, I... It's interesting because when you put all the pieces together that you want and you get them there for that period of time, it starts to happen. And so we just got to continue to work hard at it. That's what I mean. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's not hard. And when the pieces change, it, sometimes the expectations change. Maybe they're not as, uh, as they were a year ago or two years ago. But things do change. Just to follow up then on that, what has changed in your opinion if, it, if in fact, it's not where it was a year or so ago? Uh, offensive line, uh, quarterback. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that change. Okay, so I could do like two hours on everything that Ron Rivera just said in that cut, but let's hone in on this. Ron Rivera quote, when the pieces change, sometimes the expectations change, end quote. My suspicion, and I've expressed this on the podcast, has been that the reason that Ron has altered his message has gone from telling anyone who would listen about this season needing to be a step forward season to now harping on the commanders playing younger players and now emphasizing that the turnaround isn't going to happen overnight has been a function of the team not doing well this season. Ron is trying to justify and rationalize why this team is just one and four in its third regular season with him as the head coach in a coach-centric approach. Uh, That cut that I just played for you confirms this suspicion. Again, Ron, quote, when the pieces change, sometimes the expectations change, end quote. Uh, That right there is Ron giving himself permission to have altered his messaging about this season. You know, that right there is Ron saying, hey, I know what I said about the step forward season, but uh, things are different now. Uh, I have no idea if Ron Rivera is fearing getting fired. As far as we know, he, after this season, still has two seasons left on his contract. I do not think that Ron's boss, the co-owner and co-CEO of the Commanders, Dan Snyder, has any desire to fire Ron and his staff and to pay off Ron and his staff and to hire a new head coach and coaching staff that Dan would have to pay, unless Dan really, truly has no choice but to fire Ron. So it may well be that Ron believes that he'll be back for the 2023 season no matter what. But I tell you what, Ron altering his messaging about this season is in accordance with the actions of someone who is trying to explain to his boss uh, why the someone isn't doing as he should be doing and as he suggested he would be doing when he for months talked about the upcoming season needing to be a step forward season. Uh, Also, regarding Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon saying, quote, when the pieces change, sometimes the expectations change, end quote, Uh, Ron, in saying that, also continued to do something 
of which I am not a fan. And that something is use injuries as an excuse. Uh, More on that shortly. First, though, take a listen to this. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on if part of the problem for the commander's offense has been the lack of continuity on the offensive line. I think that's that's part of it. But, you know, again, these are guys that have all played in the league. These are all guys that are capable. You know, we have to be better from top to bottom. And I like that answer from Ron Rivera. He acknowledged the reality of lack of continuity for the offensive line, but also made it clear that the line needs to be better. Quote, these are guys that have all played in the league. We have to be better from top to bottom. End quote. Uh, Yes, you do. But then later in the press conference on Monday afternoon, Ron said the following about what now for the commanders. Here you go. Well, I, I think, you know, for me, I think we have some pretty good pieces in place. I'd like to have them all on the field at the same time, but we don't. We can't. So this is the lot we have, so we, go, we have to go out and play. I mean, that's, that's the truth of the matter is. And, you know, you, you, you look at where we are offensively with the offensive line, and it's not what we started with. Um, you know, we're getting our running backs back, you know. Um, yesterday we played four tight ends, a second-year player and three first-year players. Um, you know, one of the consistent spots has been to play the wide receivers, and, and a couple of them came up really big yesterday. I thought Deami really flashed and showed what he's capable of. Terry made a couple of plays, you know, that typical Terry plays, and Curtis made a couple of uh, nice catches and runs for first downs. I mean, there's some of those elements that you get excited about, and then you see some of the command Carson has of the game. The touchdown he threw to, to Deami was a check at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's starting to grasp and get the feel of it. So, you know, do we think there's some promise there? Yeah. And then you look at what the defense did, and you start saying, okay, there's some promise there. That you, you you like what you're seeing from the defense. Now you don't like giving up a, an explosive. You know, you don't like, you know, you got the guy at third and six, you got the quarterback wrap, wrapped up, and he flicks the ball out, and it turns into a first down that sustains the drive, and they go down, and we blow a coverage, and it's a touchdown. You know, it, it, you know, it puts the ball on the goal line and then they score the touchdown on the next play. It's, it's that type of thing that that's where the sustained success. You've got to build on, you make a good play, you've got to build on the next play. Uh, you, you, you get a chance to score, get in the res- you've got to score touchdowns. And those are the things that give you a chance to win. All right, so there was a lot to that answer, and Rod Rivera said a lot of things that are true, but him in the beginning of that answer harping on the injuries to the offensive line and at tight end. Uh, We get it, man, okay? You guys have been banged up. Every team in the NFL has to deal with injuries. The Titans on Sunday afternoon were without multiple defensive starters. Among the Titans inactives for the game were three key defensive players, edge defender Bud Dupree, defensive back Amani Hooker, and linebacker Zach Cunningham. Let people like me, let people in the media, let fans bring up the injuries. It's not a good look when a head coach continually brings up injuries as an excuse, even though there is validity to them as an excuse. I know that that may sound contradictory, but it's not. A, yes, the commanders have dealt with a good bit of injury on offense, but B, every team in the NFL has to deal with injuries. And C, it's not a good look when the head coach of an NFL team that's one and four is harping on how injured his team is. That comes off as excuse making. 
As for the thing that Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon said that got the most attention, uh, I'm going to get to that up next. But someone who most certainly is not an excuse maker is real estate agent Kellen Hunt. If you are on the hunt to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, get with Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L dot com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. If you want to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, but are unsure whether now is the time to buy a home, know this, now is the time. Uh, It has been a crazy last few months in real estate, no doubt, but as was detailed in the Washington Post recently, there right now is a real estate market shift taking place, giving the upper hand to buyers. The window for buying a home is opening. Uh, Buyers have faced crazy competition for homes over the last few years, oftentimes losing out on homes. Well, the rising mortgage rates mean that the market now is not as competitive and inventory is starting to rise. Uh, Houses are also sitting longer and we are starting to see price reductions, all good signs for buyers. Uh, Now is the time to capitalize on this. Visit closeitwithkel.com. That's closeitwithkel.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the Washington, D.C. area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture of the area. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want, no matter your age, family situation, or financial situation. Kellen Hunt can help you. Kellen Hunt is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yeah, you the buyer. Get a piece of the action. So visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell.com. Close it with Kell, K-E-L-L dot com. Book your call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Visit closeitwithkell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit closeitwithkell.com and tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. If you would like to join the revolution uh, that is the Al Galdi podcast, if you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode, you can put the power of the pod to work for you. Hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Commander's head coach Rod Rivera was not happy during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon following his team falling to 1-4 and four with the 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field. Ron, during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, was asked why he was especially irked after the loss to the Titans. This is a missed opportunity. I, I mean, I mean, you know, we played well enough to win. We just didn't play consistent. You know, you have a couple of lows, you give up a couple of big plays, and, and then you miss a couple opportunities. I mean, I know I've said that before, but that's the truth. When you watch the tape, you go back, you watch the game, you see those things, and sit there and say, wow, that was a missed opportunity. Man, how can, you know, you gave up that big play there. That, that, you know, that's crazy, but that's part of the game. 
Yes, it is. Uh, Well, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon said regarding his altered messaging about this season, quote, when the pieces change, sometimes the expectations change, end quote. But believe it or not, that was not the thing that Ron said that got the most attention. As I talked about in the opening segment of the show, it's not just that the commanders are one and four. It's that the other three teams in the NFC East are flying right now. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles 5-0, and New York Giants 4-1, and Dallas Cowboys 4-1. and As we have discussed, this is the third season for Ron Rivera as Washington head coach in a coach-centric approach. His overall regular season record as Washington head coach is just 15-23. and Why isn't the program further along? We're all wondering that right now. Well, we on Monday afternoon had the following back and forth between Commander's Insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times and Ron Rivera. The Giants, you know, they're up to a faster start. The Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, they've kind of all been rebuilding too the last couple of years, and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Quarterback. Is that... I mean, with quarterback, like the Cowboys, for instance, they're, they don't have Dak Prescott this season and still have been able to well, they win. Started with, well, they, well, they started, started with him, Dak, but they've... And they build around Dak, and the offense is built around Dak. Um, their backup's a, a guy that is very solid inside of it, inside of what they do. Um, and the truth is that this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback. You chose the quarterback here, though, so do you have any regrets about that, or how do you... No, I got no regrets about their quarterback. I think our quarterback has done some good things. There's been a couple of games that he struggled. Um, but you look at his numbers from yesterday, and you would say, okay, you look at his numbers he's had throughout the year. There was a time he was, you know, uh, very solid. And then, um, un- you know, we had the unfortunate Philadelphia game, and he struggled a little bit in the Dallas game, but the way he performed yesterday... And just shows you what he's capable of. And, you know, we chose him because we believe him. We chose him because we looked at what we felt were, were, were things that pointed towards him. All right. So there was a lot to all of that from Ron Rivera. But the headline quote by far was Ron saying in response to the difference between the commanders and the other three teams in the NFC East, quote, quarterback, end quote. Now, before we go any further, Ron later in the press conference was asked to clarify that comment. So let's establish that and then get into the discussion. Here was an exchange between Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic and Ron Rivera. Ron, just to clarify the quarterback comment you made before, are you saying that the difference between where the other teams in the division are, you guys, is because of this year the quarterback, or have you haven't had the chance to build around a quarterback since you've been here? That's basically it, is that this is an opportunity. Now we have a guy that, you know, that we think we have a chance to build around. You know, we, 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 we had a guy in Fitz, and he gets hurt in the first first what, quarter and a half of the season, and so it was a little different. Um, you know, I, I just think right now we have a guy that is really growing in what we're doing. Um, I thought yesterday was a good indicator of his potential for, the, for us in this, and uh, we'll continue to work with it. Okay, and I was glad that Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon provided that clarification. Ron predictably got, like, harpooned for what he said, but when you hear the clarification, what Ron said, or at least was trying to say, 
makes more sense. He wasn't like bashing Carson Wentz. Ron's point was that the commanders are only now establishing themselves with their starting quarterback and only now are building around their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, whereas the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys have had their current QB1s in place for years now. However, uh, there is a lot of context missing from that point. Let's address each of the other three teams in the NFC East. Uh, The Eagles, they only now appear to be settling into being committed to Jalen Hurts as their QB1. And he's earning that with his play this season. But it's not like the Eagles have been all in on Jalen Hurts for multiple years. Heck, there was a lot out there this past offseason about the Eagles potentially trading for quarterback Deshaun Watson before the Houston Texans traded him to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Giants, you know, you very much could argue that the Giants are 4-1 and one in spite of their starting quarterback, Daniel Jones. Uh, not because of him. Daniel Jones, over five games in this 2022 regular season, has three touchdown passes versus two interceptions and has a yards per pass attempt of just 6.42. Now, he has had his moments, and you know you can't just judge a quarterback purely by his stats, but the idea that Daniel Jones in year four of his NFL career is like blossoming into a franchise quarterback, uh, not correct, at least not yet. And then the Cowboys, well, they have been without their franchise quarterback, Dak Prescott, since he suffered the fractured right thumb in week one, the 19-3 home loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football in week one. Uh, The Cowboys have won four consecutive games with a backup, Cooper Rush, as the team's starting quarterback. The Commanders are not in the AFC West, okay? This isn't, hey, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson. Nah, the, the NFC East is a little bit different in terms of the quarterback position. And so the idea that the difference between the commanders and the rest of the NFC East is quarterback, regardless of what exactly is meant by saying quarterback, is a massive oversimplification. Here's the truth, and I tweeted this on Monday afternoon. The difference between the commanders and the rest of the NFC East isn't quarterback. The difference is ownership, player personnel, and coaching. Simple as that. And do you know why I'm so sure of that? Because the biggest keys to any NFL team or any pro sports team in general doing well are ownership, player personnel, and coaching. There's no mystery here. There are no secret codes. There are no magic bullets. Ownership, player personnel, and coaching. The Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders have been lacking in all three of those departments to varying degrees for decades. And the reality is that the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys are better than the commanders in those three departments to varying degrees right now. Now, I don't expect Ron Rivera to admit to this. There's a really good chance that Ron doesn't even agree with this, uh, especially given that he, as the head coach in a coach-centric approach, is in charge of both player personnel and coaching for the commanders. But if you're being honest, if you're conducting a sober and objective analysis of each team in the NFC East right now, at this moment in time, the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys are better than the commanders in the oh-so-crucial areas of ownership, player personnel, and coaching. And those three areas, of course, encompass just about everything with an NFL team, including, yes, quarterback. 
Here was another exchange between Ben Standig and Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon of Ron's comments about the quarterback position. You previously said if you don't have a quarterback, one thing you can do is build the team around it. Then when you get the quarterback, drop him in. So now that you got that quarterback, do you feel that the other pieces just aren't there for the for the quarterback to kind of no? Now he's got to work with those pieces. It's it it, it's you know. it's like walking into a new new job, okay? The job's already been there, all right? The newsroom's already been in there. You walk in and you're the new guy. You got to learn everybody, don't you? You got to learn to work with everybody. I'll learn to do your job with everybody. Uh, yes, you do. But there obviously is a balance between allowing for time for adjustment and recognizing the urgency of a season like this one for the Commanders. Hey, maybe everything is going to magically click for the Commanders at the Chicago Bears this Thursday night, okay? You never know. I would love for that to happen. Uh, As for the Commanders starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, upon further review, I feel even better about how he played in the loss to the Titans on Sunday afternoon. I'll explain why and get to much more from Ron Rivera, including what he said about the benching of corner William Jackson III after this. Well, as you surely know, internet security and privacy are major issues. Uh, You perhaps have heard of VPN, which stands for Virtual Private Network. A VPN is a service that protects your internet connection and privacy online. I want to tell you about Nord. VPN. NordVPN keeps your internet connection safe and private and allows you to access region-locked content. With NordVPN, you can safely stream sports, television shows, and movies wherever you travel in the world. NordVPN is one of the most user-friendly VPN services on the market, so you can easily set it up on your smart TV or Apple TV and enjoy watching games with your friends and family. NordVPN shields your data from snoops and criminals, protects you on public Wi-Fi connections, and allows you to secure up to six devices on one account. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so that you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. And NordVPN has a threat protection feature that'll mean that you no longer have to worry about intrusive website ads and malware. In fact, even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes the file before it makes a mess of your computer. Go to nordvpn.com slash algaldi to get your subscription started. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan and get a free month. That's nordvpn.com slash algaldi. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. That's nordvpn.com slash algaldi. nordvpn.com slash algaldi. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There were, to me, two overall positives for the Commanders in their 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. One was the Commanders' defense. The other was the Commanders' starting quarterback, Carson Wentz. Uh, Now, you can only go so far with Carson as a positive because the Commanders did lose the game, and he did throw a game-sealing interception off having thrown back-to-back near interceptions. And he did quarterback a Commanders' offense that went just 1-11 of on third downs, but there was a good bit to like from Carson on Sunday afternoon. Uh, To me, he bounced back off back-to-back really bad performances in the 24-8 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 3 and the 25-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys in Week 4. Carson, in the loss to the Titans, completed 25 of his 38 pass attempts, threw for 359 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 9.45 yards per pass attempt. Uh, Carson in this game for Pro Football Focus had five big-time throws. That is a very high total for one game, five big-time throws in one game. Uh, Carson officially had five carries for 15 yards, but he made some key plays with his legs. And Carson in the game put up the numbers that he put up despite more bad play by the commander's offensive line, including three bad shotgun snaps from center Nick Morton that went down his three fumbles on Carson. And Carson had to deal with two drops by Commander's pass catchers. Uh, Running back Antonio Gibson had a drop. Commander's 12th offensive drive resulted in Carson's third and goal shotgun interception to linebacker David Long Jr. on the next to last snap of the game. Second snap of the drive. Gibson a drop on a Carson second and one shotgun play action and completion. And receiver Curtis Samuel had what could be considered a drop. Commander's first offensive drive resulted in a first quarter three and out third snap of the drive. Curtis had what you could argue was a drop on a Carson third and four shotgun and completion. Although uh, Curtis was well covered by corner Roger McCreary, but uh, the ball did hit Curtis in his hands. But all of that said, we do still need to see a lot more from Carson Wentz and the commander's offense, no doubt. This was commander's head coach Rod Rivera during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon on what more the commanders can do to not have Carson in so many obvious passing situations. Well, be more consistent. I mean, you've got to gain yards. If you're going to run the football and run it successfully, you've got to be able to gain yards. You know, it it was a good stout defense we played, but we had opportunities, you know, and um, one thing we can't do is we can't have penalties, silly penalties, you know, and don't necessarily agree with all of them, but you just can't have them. 
No, you can't. Uh, the Commanders in the loss to the Titans, nine accepted penalties for 71 yards. Five of the accepted penalties were offensive line penalties. There also was a crucial penalty by tight end Armani Rogers. So the Commanders' second offensive drive resulted in a first quarter three and out. First snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the Commanders at their 19. Armani Rogers, a nine-yard holding penalty, negating a Brian Robinson Jr., eight-yard run. Is that not the perfect microcosm of the Commander's 2022 season? Running back Brian Robinson Jr. making his NFL regular season debut off having been shot multiple times in an incident in Washington, D.C. on August 28th, and his first carry is an eight-yard run that's negated by a holding penalty. Uh, Is that not so 2022 Commander's? Uh, The commander's running game on Sunday afternoon was not much. Uh, Robinson had nine carries for 22 yards and was not targeted in the passing game in playing on 29% of the commander's offensive snaps. Running back Antonio Gibson, three carries for six yards, three receptions for 33 yards on four targets and playing on 32% of the commander's offensive snaps. Running back J.D. McKissick had no carries, did have five receptions for 37 yards on seven targets and playing on 41% of the commander's offensive snaps. And running back Jonathan Williams did not play on any of the commander's offensive snaps, but did play on special teams and actually suffered a knee injury. Uh, Not sure of the severity. The commanders, because of the Brian Robinson Jr. situation, had four running backs active on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Meantime, speaking of Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. So remember, Robinson during the preseason supplanted Gibson as the commander's number one running back, making it so that the plan became for Gibson to be used in more of a pass-catching role in which he got out more in space and to be used as a kickoff returner. Uh, Well, Robinson now is on the active roster. Uh, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on whether Antonio Gibson might now be used on kickoff returns, given that Brian Robinson Jr. now is on the active roster. We've been working him, and... um you know, not knowing whether or not Brian was going to be able to do, to play as much as he did, um, we decided that we weren't going to we weren't going to put him out there this week. There's a good opportunity he will do it this week, though. All right, so that was notable from Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon, him saying of Antonio Gibson being used on kickoff returns at the Chicago Bears this Thursday. And I quote: "There's a good opportunity he will do it this week." End quote. And then one more for you from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. It's funny, going into Monday, I felt that maybe slash probably the most noteworthy thing from the Ron Rivera day after the game press conference would be whatever he said about the benching of corner William Jackson III. Uh, Well, that topic became nearly an afterthought with everything else that Ron said on Monday afternoon. Uh, But yeah, Jackson in the loss to the Titans got benched. Uh, He started the game, but he ultimately played on just 23% of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, He did have a bad missed tackle in the first quarter. Jackson went low and missed on an attempted tackle of running back Derrick Henry on a third and one three-yard pistol handoff run. Uh, Jackson was there to make the stop, did not make the stop, but the benching seemed to be about a lot more than just that missed tackle. Uh, Jackson in the loss at the Cowboys in week four, three accepted penalties, two pass interference penalties, and a holding penalty. Uh, Jackson came into this game against the Titans with the following totals as a player for Washington. 15 regular season games, 11 total penalties, including seven 
defensive pass interference penalties to say nothing of his troubles in coverage. Uh, Ron Rivera, during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon, would not get into the specifics of why William Jackson III was benched. Uh, Jackson, during a postgame session with reporters on Sunday afternoon, said that he has been dealing with a back problem, a disc issue. Uh, Jackson was inactive for the loss to the Eagles in Week 3 due to a back injury. Uh, And by the way, Jackson, after the loss to the Titans, initially refused to talk to reporters before being convinced to talk to reporters by the commander's media relations staff. And so with all of that as a backdrop, we on Monday afternoon had the following back and forth between commander's insider Ben Standig of The Athletic and Ron Rivera. Uh, Ron, just for some uh, clarification from yesterday, we asked you about William Jackson postgame, why he didn't come back in. And you seem to indicate that he was he was bench. You guys made a decision when we spoke with him. He's he's said that his mm-hmm. back was bothering him to right. the point that he kind of inferred that maybe he told coaches to, to pull him. What mm-hmm. what's kind of what's the well for the most part we pulled him and uh, you know he did have a back because remember he missed the game with the bad back and I believe that was Philadelphia. So he pulled him for because of the injury as as opposed to performance. Well, we pulled him and we'll leave it at that. Okay, so still not much from Ron Rivera on why exactly he benched William Jackson the third, but Jackson clearly was benched. I mean, this was not just a back thing, okay? Maybe Jackson's back does help to explain why he has struggled, but he clearly was benched on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Washington, on March 19th, 2021, officially signed William Jackson the third as an unrestricted free agent, a three-year, $40.5 million contract with $26 million in total guarantees. The deal has not worked out. Uh, Jackson, in the 2021 regular season, registered an overall grade for pro football focus of just 59.3 PFF grades, or on a scale of 0 to 100. And Jackson, over his four games in this 2022 regular season, has an overall grade for PFF of just 49.6. And so, playing time for commander's corners in the loss to the Titans, uh, William Jackson III benched, played on just a 23% of the commander's defensive snaps. Kendall Fuller played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. Benjamin St. Juice played on 89% of the commander's defensive snaps. Rashad Wild Goose played on 52% of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, the commanders this past August 31st claimed Wild Goose off waivers from the New York Jets. Uh, he was taken by the Buffalo Bills in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft out of Wisconsin. And note uh, what the commander's general cornerback alignment in the loss to the Titans was. Uh, Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice on the outside with Rashad Wild Goose in the slot. Uh, St. Juice, I thought, had been doing a pretty nice job in the slot, but he with Jackson benched, went back to playing the outside And for all we know, this will be the commander's cornerback alignment going forward. Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice on the outside, Rashad Wild Goose in the slot, and William Jackson III on the sideline. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 419, will include a lot more on the Commanders, as we will be just a day away from their next game, one and four Commanders at the two and three Chicago Bears this Thursday night 
at 8.15. Also on Wednesday's show, a special guest, Capitals insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic, as cap season is upon us. So the Caps concluded their preseason this past Saturday night. The Caps on Monday afternoon announced their regular season opening roster, and the Caps will begin their regular season Wednesday night at 7 against the Boston Bruins at Capital One Arena. Uh, I have a lot that I want to get to with Tarek. He is outstanding at Talking Caps, so looking forward to my chat with Tarek. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. The Giants, you know, they're up to a faster start. The Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, they've kind of all been rebuilding too the last couple of years, and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Quarterback. Quarterback. 